We ought to be especially good to one another, especially good to one another, because we make up the household of faith. Praise God. Amen. I want to thank everybody who participated in the prayer walk yesterday. Raise your hand if you went on out on the prayer walk. Praise God. Thank you for helping us to visit, you know, several hundred homes. We didn't have quite enough people to go out on all our routes, so we have eight routes left. So if someone wants to pick up a route and pick, go visit it, you know, the early part of this week, we greatly appreciate it. As long as it's, it's you and another, it's at least got to be a male and a female to go. Hopefully three, but if, if, if two could do it, amen. But the bottom line is we have some routes and some door hangers and some prayers that we still haven't extended towards some communities that we want to reach. And uh, there's some small groups. If you, your group didn't go out, maybe you can consider going out. Uh, and uh, I want to remind everybody that there's a, there's a prayer call every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. And how you uh, tap into that prayer call is on your Connect card, that blue sheet you received. And I want to remind everybody that there's updates, save the dates, upcoming events, so forth and so on, on that card each and every Sunday. It's fresh in terms of things that it's pointing you to each Sunday. Amen. So look at it and uh, make some decisions. And then um, baptism coming up. Small groups have ensued. They've begun. So visit one this week. They'll also be out in the lobby to direct you to a small group at the conclusion of service today. And every day, every Sunday, CD's available to service, but you can also see it on Facebook Live under my name, Roderick Zach. You can see uh, the, the live services or see them again. Amen. Or point others to the live services. Amen. The praise and worship is there. The message in its entirety. Amen. Use that as an evangelistic tool. Is that all right? Let's use that. Say, look at this. Let me show you this right quick. This is our church. Let me show you this. Our church. Right. This, this is where God has me worshiping. This, this is my phone right here. This is my device. Let me show you that. Amen. And so it's a readily accessible and available resource and tool that can be used over and over again. Amen. And uh, I want to uh, ask you, to come out Tuesday night at 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., uh, for this uh, panel discussion that we're having on race and uh, religious prejudice. I, I had a graphic about it. Hopefully they can put it up. That's it. So this is uh, the, the Groveland Four uh, discussion. Uh, it's uh, facilitated by Tammy Fields, uh, the moderator from uh, News 13. Uh, Judge Perry, uh, Gilbert King, the author of uh, The Groveland Four, Dr. Joe Hunter, former pastor of Northland, myself, uh, Shannon Green, she's a sentinel colonist, Paul Perkins, wonderful discussion we're going to have about race, reconciliation, religious prejudice, you know, these attacks on uh, houses of worship, things like that. So we're going to have a panel discussion. I'm one of the pa panelists, so let's come out you know, uh, Tuesday night, and did I say the right time, 6.30? It says 6? Well, 6 o'clock. Sorry about that, y'all. 6 o'clock. And then lastly, especially my leaders, the first responders, I, 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 you know, this is good. This is Holy Week. That's why I kept you standing. This is Holy Week. This is a week that we're supposed to be immersed in thinking about and praising and acknowledging God for his sacrifice. His dying, that ignominious death on the cross. Terrible, agonizing torture that he underwent for our sin debt. We're supposed to be reflecting on that, meditating on that, and commemorating that, celebrating that. So we have a service uh, Friday night. But there are also two other services. Let me put that, put that graphic up about the seven last sayings. There's a service 9 o'clock uh, at New Covenant Baptist Church of Orlando on Rio Grande. You can make it to two services if you like. There's a service at noon at Mount Sinai Baptist Church, uh, you know, 
And then there's a service here at 7 p.m. on Friday night. And what I'm asking us to be at the service. We got guests coming. We need to be here. Amen, somebody. Is that all right? Can I ask you to please make your best effort to be out for a service that commemorates the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? There's seven sayings. I do the last saying purposefully. <laughs> On purpose. Let's try to get you to stay to the end. Amen. Now, I'm president now, so I'm putting some strict time restraints on this thing. I don't, you know, I don't play with that, you know, so, so uh, I'm going to have a pep talk with all the pastors. I'm going to tell them, don't even mention time. You know, you know, how, you know how folk get up and say, well, they only gave me so much time. And that gets y'all to thinking about time. Don't even mention time. Amen, somebody. Well... My time started. You know, just get, get, just, let's just get out of that. Let's just do what we got to do and uh, get these things done. And, and, and I think we can do it uh, efficiently. And, 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 it's, and it's always a phenomenal thing to hear different voices. It's a great experience. I don't know if you've ever, anybody never not been to a Seven Last Saints? Raise your hand if you've never been to one. Okay, that's way too many folks. To have never been to the seven last sayings. These are the seven last sayings of Jesus. Sermonettes on each saying from different pastors in Central Florida. Okay? That's what it is. And uh, so it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Uh, amen. You can, you can be seated. Thank you for standing with me for a second. Uh, I tried to represent y'all all right yesterday in the baseball game, the pastor's baseball game. Now, I haven't played baseball since I was a teenager, but I got three hits. Amen, somebody. I, you know, I was scared I was going to strike out, you know what I mean, because I knew I could throw and catch, but I wasn't sure if I could hit anymore. And uh, so I got three hits, and I got one pretty good hit that got me to the second base and then somebody got me all the way in from second. I ran from second all the way into home. <laughs> Moving pretty fast. Amen, somebody. I think it's some video footage out there on it. <laughs> Ain't that right, Sister Richardson? Where's Sister Richardson at? You got the video footage, right? We got to put that on Facebook, make sure it go viral. <laughs> you put it on Facebook yet? Well, go ahead and take care of that. <laughs> Me running the bases. Y'all all right? It's a beautiful day, and it's wonderful to, to serve you. Amen. It was a great fellowship with pastors. Amen. It was lady pastors out there. I tried to tag Pastor Reba Timms. Bam! She came, I playing third base. She was trying, she, she made it safe, though. She made it safe. I tried to get her, though. <laughs> Telling you. I wasn't playing. And then, then one time, they, they, they allowed her to get on to first base. It was the lady rule. You know, I was not a, in favor of that. I said, we have a traitor on our squad that is playing first base. It is unpalatable. I'm just com very competitive, you know what I mean? Ladies don't get special rules in, 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 in the competitive arena. Lord have mercy. What's, what is the world coming to? That's like they're giving kids participatory trophies. You don't get no, get no trophy if you lost. You lost. You need to learn. Can I get a witness in the house? <laughs> I'm just saying, amen, somebody. Amen. Just, just, I, you know, you lost. John 3, 27 uh, and 29. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who, is, who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly 
at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Amen. This is John the Baptist exclaiming that I am not he. You know, so uh, we, we're talking about am I really a rejoicer? Amen. And uh, you're saying, well, what kind, of, what kind of series is this? This is a vision series. This is about the vision that God gave us as Rejoicing the Lord Ministries. And, and what our focus should be if we're to, you know, adopt this mantra, if we're to adopt this, this brand, you know, to say that I am a rejoicer. Amen? How can I be a rejoicer? You know, the, the, the Bible is replete of examples of how we should rejoice in the Lord. And the, and the scriptures that, most of the scriptures that I've given you over these, this is the third message in the series, they have the word rejoice in them, or joy, or delight, you know, an equivalent to rejoice. Amen? And there are many scriptures that speak to this, many scriptures that address, you know, our temperament, our attitude, our disposition, uh, our response, praise God. Because God builds us from the inside out. Amen? From the inside out. And, and he remakes us in his image. One of the things that, uh, that happens as a result of connecting with God is that you receive his revelation. John the Baptist, you might as well say he's uh, the most... Uh, uh, the most important religious leader of, his de of, of that day, he has to defer his position, his authority, to the real leader, who is Jesus. He received that uh, ability to defer, the ability to, to, to acknowledge the authority of Jesus through a revelation. Amen? Are you receptive to the revelation of Jesus? Amen? And he rejoiced about the takeover that was about to take place. The transferring of these folk being his disciples through God to becoming disciples of Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty Counselor. Amen? Mighty God, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. He deferred. You know, that's one of the first things that we have to do if we want to connect with Jesus is we have to get off the throne and give the throne to him. We have to take the crown off of our heads and place that crown on Jesus' heads. Do you know as Christians, the word of God says that we will all be given crowns? That's one of the gifts that we'll be given when we graduate at commencement time, when we come to God. At the day of judgment, praise God, one of the gifts that we receive will be a crown. Amen? A crown. Isn't that something? Uh, you know, I, I can imagine what kind of crown this is going to be. Gold, silver, you know, jewels all over it, diamonds, rubies, emeralds. Uh, you know, what it's gonna, how it's going to be designed. Just, just something phenom a phenomenal crown we will be given. But guess what we're supposed to do with the crown? The Word of God says that we're to lay the crown at the feet of Jesus. He'll be giving us a gift to give to him. Isn't that something? The gift of life is given to us so that we can give it back to him. And when we give it back to him, we start truly living. Amen, somebody. So responding to the revelation and recognizing who Jesus is, understanding that he is the bridegroom, that he is number one, that he is first. The word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. So acknowledging the fact that he is first leads into our being able to rejoice in the Lord. Acknowledging him, praise God. And, 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 when, we, and when we acknowledge him, we're born again, we're filled with the Spirit, we're infilled by the Spirit of God. This match that's in all of us is structural. It's on fire. Now we need to just put wood and kindling on that fire to build what God wants to build in us. And what happens is, as a result of that, we can truly rejoice. 
the fruit of the Spirit can come alive in us because Jesus has taken up residence in us. Amen? You say, well, I'm a Christian, but I ain't feeling all of that. Well, it could be that the wood and kindling ain't on there. It's, it's still damp and dark. You know, it's, it's still uh, hidden in some way. God wants you to come out for him. Come out for him. Praise God. In other words, there is a recognition and a revelation, and then the fruit of the Spirit becomes alive in us, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Joy. 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 Rejoicing. Amen? Why are you so melancholy? Why are you so bluesy? Why are you so down and out? Why, why are you so stressed? Amen? Where, where is your joy? You know, because that joy that he wants to place in us and he wants to deposit in us is what makes us infectious. Amen? What makes us contagious, what makes us appealing is the joy that God puts in us. Amen? And in order to be joyful, I got to be a quick study and a quick healer. Amen, somebody. Why? Because life is going to throw some blows. Amen. What they call that? Lay hands. I ain't talking about lay hands on you. I'm talking about lay hands, you know, laying hands. What, how you, what's that term? Hmm? Oh, no, no, not that one. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one you, you say when you're going to hit somebody. I'm going to put hands on you. Where, is Arlisa here? Lay hands. Life lays hands on you. Amen? And when it lays hands on you, it, it, it's, there are twists, turns, turns, and circles. There's trouble, trauma, struggle, strife, you know, problems, difficulties, disappointments, rejection, frustration. Amen? It, it, it can lay hands on us. And we need to ask God, God, how do I overcome the blows, the lick? How, how can I take a lick and keep on ticking? Amen? How can I... Somebody land a blow, and I recover. Because God gives us the ability to recover. Isn't that something powerful that he does? Even our bodies, you, you can slice me open. Amen? In some way, somehow, this phenomenal, miraculous thing happens over time. I just suture back together again. I can break a bone. And just phenomenal healing takes place, and the bone heals, and it's stronger than it was before. Hmm? That's in the natural. Just think of what God wants to do in, through us emotionally and mentally and psychologically and internally. Amen? God wants us to be healers. Be healed, brother. And he wants, yeah, and he wants us to be healers. And, and guess what? We're wounded healers. Amen? I read a book in seminary. It was, it was just one of my best reads. It was a little old, it wasn't even no thick book, big book. It said, it was called The Wounded Healer. Amen? How can I heal and facilitate healing when I'm wounded? By tapping into the Spirit of God that's in me. The Spirit gives me joy, it gives me peace, it gives me hope, it gives me love, it gives me kindness, it gives me goodness, it gives me faithfulness, it gives me perseverance and patience to the glory of Almighty God. So the Spirit of God is a spirit of rejoicing. That's why the Word of God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? You know, some, some folks say, well... Pastor, you don't look like you've been through very much. They just try to read you. See what I'm saying? You know, I've been around 60 years. If you don't think I've been through very much, you got a rude awakening. Amen. Life, life takes us all through. The word of, God, word of God says, man's days are few and full of trouble. But Pastor, you don't look worn. 
And I had Pastor Spoonie, he's a little older than me. He said to me, Pastor, you're 60, but you're a young 60. I said, what's that? <laughs> Amen, somebody. Trouble is a part of our existence in this dispensation. In this spiritual era, we're going to have some trouble. Matter of fact, the curse introduced it. The curse introduced pain and suffering and toil and uh, labor. Amen, somebody. It introduced struggle. And, 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 and that's a punishment. We, we, we're constantly trying to push past it. We're constantly trying to overcome it. Which we're com com constantly trying to create a leisurely environment, a comfortable and convenient environment, a pleasurable environment. We're always trying to push through the pain, get to the pleasure, push through the problems, get to, uh, get to the good life, if you will. But the good, the good life will always be invaded by some trauma and trouble. So the question is, can we overcome? God gives us overcoming power. And the Word of God says that we are more than conquerors. Can I get a witness in the house? And Matthew 13, 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like, like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, joy, operative word, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. If you knew that there was a plot of land that was, that was not owned and you knew underneath the surface of that land was a treasure trove, amen, a chest, and you had the resources to go acquire that land so that you could also acquire the treasure, you'd be a fool not to do it. Amen, somebody. So here God has made available not earthen but spiritual heavenly treasures and folk are still foolish because they won't seek it. They won't buy it. They won't purchase it. They won't sacrifice for it. They won't commit or dedicate to it. Amen. When it's the most significant thing on the planet to know and to serve Jesus Christ, to seek him with all that I have, to, to, to decide that I want him more than anything else on the face of the planet. And when I want him more than anything else on the face of the planet, he truly comes in and begins to direct, begins to correct, begins to work on the inside and the outside of us so that we can move forward in him. The Word of God says in, in, in Luke 10 and 17, and 72 returned with joy, saying, they returned with joy, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are are written in heaven. In the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, so he rejoiced in the Spirit, rejoiced that his name was written in heaven. He said, yeah, you can rejoice about your ability to put, put down the enemy. Amen, somebody. But the Spirit said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and, under, and understanding and revealed them to little children. Father, for such was your gracious will. What is this text saying? The text saying that we can have deliverance in Jesus. The word says, we wrestle not against principalities and powers, but at wickedness in high places. Amen? And we can be delivered. What is that saying? That we're going to have to be delivered. We need the deliverance of God. And rejoice, we, we set up a model. We, you know, our God encounters. Why do you think we push those so? We push these God encounters, God encounters, God encounters. We'll talk about that for months leading up to the God encounter. We talk about the God encounter because we want people to be set free. We want folk to be recharged and renewed, amen, and refurbished spiritually. We want a refreshing of the spirit on a regular interval. We want folks set free from hangups and hurts and pains and trauma that they've experienced. 
All of us have had some trauma. Some of us have dealt with it. Some of us have pushed it down and pushed it back. And we think just because it's out of sight, it's going to be out of mind. No, it might be out of sight, but it's still working on your mind. It's still plaguing your mind. It's still invading your psyche. It's still affecting your choices. It's still working on you in adverse ways if we have not been truly set free or delivered. So we want, as a value in the life of our church, deliverance. We want generational curses broken. Amen? We want you set free, amen, from any hurt that you've experienced in your past. And we all have some past hurts. Our experiences are not that different in terms of our past hurts and hang-ups. Sometimes we want to act like, well, I'm the only one. It's just me, it's just me, it's just me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. <laughs> no, we all are standing in the need of prayer. Amen? And so to take advantage of these offerings that, that allow us to have spiritual growth spurts, that's what it means to be a rejoicer. God allowed us to start a new church in uh, March this past March, we were 15 years old. That's a milestone year. Can I get some, God, some praise to God for that? 15 years old. In May, amen, of this year, we would have been in this facility that God gave us, that we built from the ground up, amen, for 10 years. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow. And those of you who are familiar, you know the miracle story that we built, God allowed us to build this in the midst of the economic downturn. And it wasn't easy. Amen, somebody. It was tough. Praise God from whom all blessings are. But God brought us out. He brought us over and brought us through, praise God. And we're still believing God for the increase that he says that we can have and that we will have as a result of his favor, his blessings, his direction, and his guidance in our lives, praise God. But we got work to do still. Amen. We got work to do. Can I get a witness in the house? You know, I know, you know, I was talking about to the school of leaders this morning, I was talking about how, how tough it is as pastors and leadership uh, in, in the life of the church to Try to inspire and motivate people to get to that next place of where God wants you to be. You know, and because I talk to, I'm, now I'm a, over a ministry alliance with, with churches various sizes, small, medium-sized, large. And I've also been exposed in the life of our ministry to all-sized churches. And I've pastored smaller churches, medium-sized churches. And, and it's tough to break through certain barriers. Like once a church gets to be 100 people, it is difficult to get to 101. I mean, it's all like, it's like a battle. It's on now, baby. It's on. You, you ain't going no further. And, and guess, guess who sabotages the growth? The 100. That's who sabotages. Why? Because we like our small, intimate church. We, we like knowing everybody and everybody knowing us. And we like the attention that we're able to get from the pastor. You know, he, we got his attention. He, we got him on speed dial. When he texts us, he texts us right back. That's what kind of pastor I got. He texts me right back. Amen, somebody. You know, so, so we like the small community. It's one of the toughest things to get from 500 to 501. You know, the enemy, he, he puts on... Uh, a full court press, to use basketball terms, or the pressure is on to make sure that you don't reach that next level. I don't want you to get to that next level of freedom. I don't want you to get to that next level of being able to reach people. I don't want you to get to that next level where you make room for others, where the faith becomes selfless. This faith can be selfish. Amen. If I don't have a mindset toward discipling others, if I don't have a heart for souls being transformed and changed, amen, 
Do you talk about God with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors? Do you have spiritual conversations? Do you pray? Do you read and study the Bible? Amen. Do you worship, not just on Sundays, but daily? Do you have a holy discipline, a holy habit? Do you fast any? Amen. Have you ever fasted? I mean, except for dietary purpose. I'm talking about for a spiritual reason. Amen, somebody. You know, they go out all these diets and, you know, liquid diets. And, no, that ain't for your spirit. That's you, that's you trying to do something radical to reverse the accumulations. Amen, somebody. And so, so, so we need to ask ourselves some spiritual questions. Am I committed to deliverance? Am I committed to being everything God is calling me to be? Last Sunday, one of, the, one, of the, one of the commitment passages was about honoring this day, the Sabbath, and keeping it holy. Acknowledging and recognizing that this is God's day. It ain't my leisure day. It's not my convenience day. It's not my getting special things done day. It's not my vacation day. This is God's day. Amen? It's not mine. It belongs to God, as I do. Praise God. So God is calling us to move into these places of deliverance, and not only for us to be set free, but us to facilitate folk being set free. So our school of leaders is about, you know, developing disciples to become disciple makers. Disciples of Jesus Christ becoming disciple makers. Praise God. So that's something we all should be involved in. Guess what Jesus' great commission? We're talking about going to all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Guess what he said, go and do? Go and make disciples. Somebody said, well, I'm a disciple in my family. I'm discipling my little children. He didn't say go to just you and you and yours, me and mine. He said reach people, all the world. We're real quiet. <laughs> said, we're listening, Pastor. We're listening. Amen. Engage, apply. Amen, somebody. So, 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 so God is calling us to this place of deliverance. God is calling us to have a concern for the lost. Luke 15, 4. And we're going to keep hitting on this. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. Guess what? Rejoicing. Because that lost one is now found. Amen? I'm catching people because people count. Amen? I'm not just a keeper of the aquarium. And that can easily become the situation where the church will have no concern for the lost. Some churches really, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying to fabricate. Some churches have no concern for the lost. They're just concerned about discipling being discipled and, you know, kind of looking in on themselves. as a community that kind of nurtures and looks out for one another. What about the last? What about the least? What about the lost? There should be a continual feeder system where we're feeding folk in. You say, what's a feeder system? Well, yesterday was an attempt at feeding folk in, going out in the community and inviting people, going to visit a thousand homes. That's about compassion and concern for the lost. But it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get enough people to go. Amen, somebody. Amen. We just got to twist your arm. And then, then my staff, we said, well, we didn't market it enough, you know. We didn't promote it enough. I'm like, man, we got to do that, go through this whole mechanism, this whole process, and, you know, remind people, text them, email them, you know, uh, <laughs> send out lightning bulletins. <laughs> Amen. These are the values of the ministry of the church. We should have concern for the laws. There are people in your community, there are people in your neighborhood who do not know Jesus Christ for the free pardon of their sins. And guess what we're saying if we don't have a concern for their souls? We're saying to them, you can go to hell. Literally. I don't care. That's harsh, but it's true. 
Are we concerned about people being translated from hell to heaven? From damnation to reconciliation? Amen? Not just you getting yours. I want you to get yours. Amen? I really do. But we, we got to make sure we, we, we reach other people. So why don't you make as a to-do, I'm going to reach one. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to reach one. I'm going to reach one this year before 2020 comes. Somebody going to be in here because of me. At least one. One. I, I didn't say two, three, four, five, six, seven. I said one. Somebody going to be, one person is going to be in here because of me. One person is going to be being nurtured and shepherded because of me. One more person is going to be more exposed to the word of God because of me. One more person is going to be gathered and assembled to worship God because of me. One more person is going to be able to potentially reach their, their, their potential in Christ by being involved in the life of the church and the community of believers because of me. I'm going to go after the one. Amen? I'm going after the one. Not the 100. It's great for us to nurture each other. It's great for us to have fellowship and fuzzy feelings. It's great for us to be concerned and compassionate for the needs of one another. It's great for us to visit one another in the hospital. There are persons in the hospital now, and there are small groups who are going to visit those folks. That's great. But what about the one? The one that's lost. The one that's confused. The one that's dissatisfied, the one that's seeking pleasure and fulfillment in all the wrong places. Amen. What about that one? Praise God. God wants us to go after the one. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Well, it goes on to say, and when, you, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me. The word of God says, when one comes to Christ, the angels in heaven or in jubilation, excitement, enthusiastic about one coming. So their focus is on the loss, for I have found my sheep that was lost. So just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Are we going to catch fish or are we going to be keepers of the aquarium? Amen. We got to catch fish. In order to catch fish, I got to try to have my story together. Do you know how to share the gospel? Do you know how to share your faith story? Do you know how to give a testimony? Do you know we teach all of that in the school of leaders? School of leaders, we deal with how to give your testimony. And we, and we teach people how to give an R-rated testimony and a G-rated testimony. Amen. It's according to the context. Amen. You know, so we got to be able to tell our stories based on what the context is. Because somebody, somebody needs to know that you've been down that road. Amen, somebody. That I've been down, you ain't the only one been down that road. I know I, I look like I've never been around that road, but I've been down that road. And God brought me out and got me, brought me through and got, brought me over. And so folk need to hear about that. That's one beautiful thing about the Word of God is that the Word of God gives us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? It's beautiful in terms of the stories that it tells, the insight into life and living, praise God. How David and others would, would love God, people love God, but they had issues. Amen? And, and that's what the world can't palate about us, our self-righteousness. Like we ain't never did nothing wrong. Amen, somebody. Our condemnation, our judgmentalness. Amen. God is calling us to go after the sinners and have a heart for them. Amen, somebody. Say, say woman say, I lost a coin, a, a, an expensive, a price, a priceless coin, and, and I searched the house. I turned things topsy-turvy. I turned things over just to try to find the coin. And when I found it, I turned on the lights. I did everything I needed to do in order to find that coin. I swept the house. I sought it out diligently. And when I found the coin, I called my friends and neighbors together to rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that was lost. Just so I tell you, there's joy before angels of God over one sinner who repents. So this whole passage or pericope talks about the lost coin, the lost sheep. 
and the lost son, the prodigal son, was lost, estranged, away from God. Amen, somebody. We got to go after the ones, the ones, the one. Amen. The question is, are people valuable to you? Or is it just your lifestyle and your convenience and your needs being met is what's really valuable to you? People must become valuable to us. Amen. Reaching people, not just pleasures and possessions. Amen. Reaching people. It's got to become the first and foremost in our lives. Amen. In John 4, 34, Jesus said, Then my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already that one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. You know, sometimes we're sowing, sometimes we're reaping, sometimes we're planting a seed, sometimes we're just giving a partial testimony, sometimes we're just sharing our witness, sometimes we're living our life before a person where they might see the good of, good of, goodness of God shining through us. And when they see that, that's infectious, that's, that's, that spreads. People want to know where does that come from? Where does your ability to love come from? Where does your ability to sacrifice come from? Where does your ability to show compassion come from? Where does your ability to compromise come from? Where does your ability to be humble come from? Where, where does all this fruit come from? And then you can say, Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Jesus, the one who set me free. Jesus, the one who's working on me. Jesus, the one who's made me over and making me over. The one who's continued to fashion me to the contours of his specifications. Amen, somebody. Works in progress. John 16, 22, and I'm almost finished. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. See, the world just isn't constantly trying to have a, another party after another party. He said, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is given birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. Amen. For, for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Amen. So she remembers that. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice. Amen. Your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. That's why this saying is, you know, this God, joy that I have, the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. It comes from this text. Amen. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until, you, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. What is he saying? He's saying the stuff that you're asking, it ain't in my name. If it was in my name, it would be connected to my purposes, my plan, my approach, my agenda, my itinerary, my kingdom, my world. Amen. Not just your world. Ask something in my name. Amen. Ask for something in my name. That's, that's, that's the prayer he plans on ask, answering every time. Every time. Ask in my name. Ask according to my will. Ask. And guess what? Many things that he wants that we want are aligned to his will, his word, and his ways. If you want prosperity, say, God, prosper me so I can be a better Christian. Prosper me so I can be a better giver. Prosper me so I can be a better disciple. Prosper me so I have more leisure time to volunteer. Prosper me so I can bless other people and be a blessing to my family. Prosper me, praise God, for the right reasons, not just for selfish reasons. So connected to the will of God, connected to the word of God, connected to the ways of God. Amen. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So rejoice us pray. A prayer line happens 6 a.m. Wednesday, 7 p.m. Wednesday, 
Tap into the power of God through prayer. Prayer vigils. Prayer folk in the aisles ready to pray with you. A vision for prayer. Each month we have a prayer issue, you know, something we're praying about together, committing the church and its growth and its prosperity to your prayer life and to your prayer list. That's what rejoices do. We're praying. Amen. We're rejoicing in hope. We're being patient in tribulation. We're being constant in prayer. Praise God. Romans, last two texts. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy and Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is accepted with God and approved by men, praise God. So it's not about what we eat and drink. It's not about our possessions and pleasure. The kingdom of God is about satisfying God's will. Amen. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances so that God's purpose and priority might be a part of your life. Amen, somebody. Too often we can't connect because that FOMO thing comes up, fear of losing out, fear of missing out. Amen. Thank you. God has called us to acknowledge him in all that we do. Praise God. Amen. He's called us to acknowledge him, to recognize him. Praise God. He's called us to move in his will, word, and ways for our lives. Amen. Won't you stand all over the house? Praise God. Unfortunately, we have this voyeuristic culture, this culture that's voyeuristic, where we can now peer into all these portals and see and, and uh, covet and want and desire things and pleasures. And we can get so focused on what the world has to offer until we miss what God has to offer. To see and to sense God is what he wants for us. To see and to sense him. And it's a fight. Amen, somebody. It's a fight that we wage every day through prayer, through the word. That, why is it important to be in the word? Because the word refreshes us. It reveals us. It, uh, it, 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 it stabilizes us. It gives us the stuff we need to live for him. Amen? So he's calling us to be about his business. He's calling us to live for him. He's calling us to acknowledge him. I want to ask somebody to acknowledge him, to let him have his way in you, praise God, to say, here I am, Lord. I'm, I'm yours, and you are mine. I am yours, and you are mine. I am yours and you are mine. And I, I want to grow up. Somebody say, I want to grow up. You know, adolescence. Adolescence is a term that's been manufactured. And I'm ending on this. In the Bible, people go from childhood to adulthood. There's no such thing as adolescence in the Word of God. It ain't no place in between where you, where you figured out how to grow up and you grown. Amen, somebody. And don't you notice that adolescence or growing up is taking longer and longer? That's the trick of the enemy. Let, let, me, go, let me go back to this one. That, that's the a, that's a trick of the enemy. You know, now, I'm going to get married when I'm 30. I'm going to get married when I'm 35. I'm going to freeze my eggs. Amen, somebody. I'm, I'm going to incubate my eggs. and I have, I have my baby around, you know, 35, between 35 and 40. I'll go ahead and have a child. And, because adolescence has stretched. That's the trick of the enemy to not grow up. Amen. He, the enemy wants us to be a child forever. And the word of God says... That when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, I acted as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish stuff. Rejoice us, grow up. He's calling us to grow up. He's, he's calling us to come out of adolescence. He's calling us to wake up for him, praise God. 
And he's calling us out and into his presence, into his power, into his purpose, into his priorities for our lives. That's the blessed space. That's the favor spot and position. That's the place of relocation that causes us to live abundantly, eternally, and move into everlasting life. I want to invite somebody to make a decision today for Christ, to move out in his name, to let him have his way through and in and around us in the name of Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We invite you to come to connect with the Church of Jesus Christ, to affirm or reaffirm your faith, to connect with the church. You may be new in our community. This is the day. Come in his name. Let him have his way in you. another in the name of Jesus have your way have your way have your way Lord God in the name of Jesus touch and teach bless and strengthen every heart praying decision-making time decision-making time come on sing with them sing with them Praise him, praise him. off. Don't procrastinate. Don't hesitate. Come now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. 